Hi, it's Dwyer. It's Monday, May 30th, 2022. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Also, look up our podcast on DwyerBoxingNews.com. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now let's talk about the Gervonta Davis, Raleigh Romero fight. You know, I thought I would be more impressed. Let's talk about the ending of the fight, which was dramatic, which has a big mistake in it. And then let's talk about what surprised me and what didn't surprise me, right? For the gamblers, hey, we hit. We're taken care of, right? If you had the under six and a half rounds, guess what, folks? That hit. It never made it to the midway point of the seventh round. But you and I both know that we were lucky here. Roly Romero is 100% lucid. He's not diminished in the slightest before the knockdown. Now understand, he's fighting out of an orthodox stance, but his big punch is his lead hand, left hook. He's fighting a southpaw. So that means Gervonta Davis's big punch is his left hand. So understand, the way I see the last round is Raleigh is backing up Gervonta Davis. Understand, Davis is on his back foot. But it's high tension. Davis is not comfortably on his back foot. Right? Look at Davis's feet. He's not lifting them up. This isn't the kind of mastery where a guy is moving his feet and you know, doing a lot of uh, changing. He's not shuffling or anything like that. No, he is just trying to set up a counter straight left hand. That's Davis's game plan from the opening bell. He's just hoping that Raleigh makes a mistake so he could land that straight left hand. Right. Keep in mind, Raleigh Romero's Sunday punch isn't the right hand. I would argue it's the left hook. Davis can block that with his right. He doesn't need to encumber his straight left. So the way the fight ends is Raleigh, who, in my opinion, is winning the fight. Let's clear that up. Right? Forget the post-fight comments. This is a competitive fight. The underdog is winning the fight on points. We'll get back to that. But Raleigh backs Davis up. Davis is literally up against the ropes. And then Raleigh forgets for a moment. That's what we'll call it. It's the middle of the fight. Raleigh is feeling it. He knows he's surprising a lot of people. He feels he has this guy where he wants him. So he throws a right hand. Look at the film, right? By the way, videos of the KO. I know it was pay-per-view, but videos of the KO are on YouTube right now. Raleigh throws a right hand and hits 
Gervonta Davis, people are telling me it's Gervonta, I'm going to call him Gervonta, hits Gervonta Davis in the face with the straight right hand. Then he makes a mistake. It's the worst he could possibly make. He seems to have forgotten in that moment when things are going his way that he's facing a southpaw. Not a right-handed fighter. Would have made all the difference in the world. So Raleigh, after hitting Davis in the face with a clean shot, then decides to throw the right hand to Davis's body. As soon as he drops down to throw the right hand to Davis's body, he's naked. Davis throws the straight left he's been waiting to throw from the start of the fight. It hits Raleigh as Raleigh is coming forward. And Raleigh then falls into the ropes. The fight is over. Raleigh's best friend today should have been the referee. Because the ref looked at him. When Raleigh gets up, Raleigh can barely move. He's completely uncoordinated, and he's fighting pound for pound. One of the hardest punchers in the sport. So the referee talks to him a little bit, knows he's bullshitting, asks him to walk to the side. And Raleigh does so, but looks shaky. Right? Understand, the referee's goodwill doesn't end there. After the fight, after Tank goes over to the corner and he's waving to the crowd and he jumps on the ropes, Tank turns around and comes after Raleigh, right, just to taunt him. And the referee, I give the ref and Tank's corner credit, right, because both groups understood how hyped up Tank was. The referee grabs Tank, swings him around, then Tank's corner man moves in seamlessly and swings Tank further to get Tank to go back to his corner. Right? Make no mistake, folks. This fight was personal. This wasn't Tank fighting some overmatched guy, dominating and then getting a stoppage. No, this was Tank worried during the fight. This was Tank losing rounds during the fight against an opponent who was very awkward. Right? Understand, Raleigh is flat-footed. Raleigh has a weird stance. There's going to be someone who fights Raleigh, maybe a Lomachenko, who'll move away from him, who'll embarrass him, who'll highlight the fact that Raleigh can barely move, that Raleigh's aggressive. But Raleigh can't move in rhythm with a mobile opponent. Now, you didn't see that here. And let's criticize Davis for a bit. Now, understand, you know what I believe. Apart from a blessed few, there really is no money in boxing. Right, Go through boxing history, and you're going to find out that even well-paid guys, 
thought they would do better as song and dance men than as boxers. Right? You have a champ right now, Joe Smith, one of the light heavyweight champs, who kept his construction job well into his boxing career. And understand, this is a world-class boxer. That's commonplace. Now, there are very few in the sport, very few, who can carry a pay-per-view. Right, I'll concede, Anthony Joshua. In fact, let's go further. If you're the heavyweight champ, you can carry a pay-per-view. That's the biggest position in sports, right? Joshua has been one. Obviously, uh, Tyson Fury and Usyk are the heavyweight champs today, right? We'll give Canelo his due. Right? Gervonta Davis is one of the few who carries the crowd with him. Let me point out the corollary to this. You have some great fighters. Terrence Crawford's one of them. Who aren't fan favorites. Right? There is no direct correlation between how good the fighter is and the crowd he draws. Dimitri Bevel, I've been saying here for a while now, as subscribers know, in my opinion, is the best light heavyweight on the planet. He beat Joe Smith. Right? He beat Joe Smith. According to reports, his fight against Canelo, one of boxing's biggest draws, did not crack 400,000 pay-per-view buys. Now, the information is murky. If you have better information, please leave it in the comment section of this video. But let's tip off subscribers here. Whatever is left in the video or in the comment section, you need to double check. But understand, this sport has several guys who are unbeaten, who can barely draw. Floyd Mayweather, early in his career, could barely draw fans. Right, if you go online and research the comments of his former manager, James Prince, you'll actually come across some Prince quotes where he talks about how Floyd at one point in his career, as he's winning, this is an unbeaten fighter. By the way, his last fight was excellent. The Don Moore fight was excellent, by the way. Look at that. It's in my favorites folder. The whole fight. Right, well, James Prince talked about how Floyd at one point in his career, while winning, could not draw flies to a dumpster. Now just understand, Gervonta Davis is a draw. He's a big draw. You know, a fight between him and Ryan Garcia, and Garcia has a chance, based on what I just saw. But Garcia needs to get back into boxing, right? Fight a few times. Would be a huge draw. Even though, let's be blunt here. You have Cambosis. You have Haney. You have Lomachenko. Right? You have others who might be better than Ryan Garcia. Let's just be blunt at 135 pounds. So I'm watching Davis and let's just... You know, be straightforward here. 
I'm watching Davis as I would watch someone who is a major financial player in the sport. <laughs> That's who he is. Right? People know his name. People know his nickname. Tank. Davis has crossed the Atlantic already to fight. Davis is global. So I'm watching Gervonta Davis. And let's just say I'm impressed that Davis, who is one of boxing's biggest punchers, isn't just diving into the pocket being reckless. No, this is the guy on his back foot. This is the guy who basically says to Raleigh Romero, okay, look, you're going to have to box me. This isn't blood and guts. Davis is actually doing boxing moves. Understand, Davis really is a boxer puncher. He's more than a puncher. Right, so Davis is there. He has his stance. You'll notice his legs. You know, he always has that right leg in front of his left leg. Right, he most of the time has that left hand cocked. He's mindful of Romero's left hook. Clearly, Davis has carefully studied Romero before they're in the ring. I know, I know, boxers never admit it. I know boxers want you to believe that they know nothing about the guy they're fighting. They're just going off the guy in the corner. Look, I'm sure Davis's corner is A+. Plus, but Davis knew all about Raleigh Romero. Here's what did not impress me. Davis needs to do something to win the slow rounds. Right? I got news for fighters. In most rounds, people don't get badly hurt. People don't get dropped. The first time you think about how you've been doing in the slow rounds shouldn't be the 10th round of the fight when you're thinking, man, this fight might go the distance. Did I do enough in the early rounds? No, no, no. From the opening bell, you need to think about having enough volume so a judge at ringside who isn't stargazing can legitimately give you the round. Now, you had stargazing here. Only one judge out of three had Raleigh Romero winning the fight. I don't know how that's possible. I understand looking up this fight online, looking at some of the fan feedback. Other fans thought Davis was doing well. I didn't. Right? Davis is doing well in terms of surviving. In terms of having a boxing match breakout. In a fight involving him, a fighter with an extensive amateur pedigree, against a guy, Romero, who lost a few times as an amateur, doesn't have the extensive amateur pedigree. And who had won most of his fights by knockout. So here, Davis is forcing Romero to box. Also, Davis, the slugger, knows the ring. So Davis is backing up. He knows where the ropes are, right? When he's back up against the ropes, he still has the left hand cocked. But he's not doing enough to win the rounds. 
It's Romero, who is the aggressor. It's Romero, who is forcing the action. It's Romero. Romero missed a few times. It's Romero, at least, who's making the effort to land shots. Not Davis. Davis is too much of a counterpuncher here. And Davis isn't the kind of counterpuncher who's thinking, oh, I got to win this round. I got to be active. I got to throw enough counters. I got to flurry. Davis would do well watching Sugar Ray Leonard films. Right? Ray was a guy who understood, man, I haven't been active enough this round. So there'd be 30 seconds left in the round. Ray, who had blinding hand speed, would then start moving his hands. Right? You'd be fooled. You would watch the last 30 seconds and you thought, man, that was a Ray Leonard round. Then you would see the replay and you'd say, man, Ray, Ray wasn't doing a lot in that round, was he? Gervonta needs tricks like that. Understand, had Romero stayed on his feet and gone the distance in this fight, and understand, literally, one second before Romero gets hit, he's 100%. The last punch I saw landed before Romero gets hit is a damn good straight right hand by Romero. Right, Romero, this isn't the fight where a superior fighter weakened the opponent and Romero's hanging on and then gets hit by that one last shot. No, no, this is the fight where the opponent's like, hey, man, this is my night. Hey, we're in the sixth round. I've won at least four of the rounds. Right, you're going to have to stop me to win this fight. Right? Romero's in the position that, in my opinion, multiple opponents of Deontay Wilder have been in. Right? Luis Ortiz. After five rounds, you're looking at Wilder and you're thinking, man, I'm winning this fight. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not thinking of giving up. I'm not discouraged. This stage is not too big for me. I'm winning this fight. How did this guy ever get favored by the bookmakers. Shouldn't I be the favorite? That's the seat Romero is in. I want you to look at the positioning too. Romero has Davis up against the ropes. Don't get me wrong. Davis has his feet right. Davis is ready to fire. Davis doesn't have his feet parallel where he can't get leverage. Davis is always ready to throw a big punch. I credit him with that. But I had him losing at least four of the f first five rounds. Understand, the fight's a tense fight. You're waiting for the action to break out. You understand, okay, these guys are playing chess. Now, where it got disappointing is I'm looking at Raleigh Romero, who's unorthodox. And as I've said before, the unorthodox guys can be the most dangerous because you don't know what to expect. But I'm looking at how he's standing and I see him setting up his stance and I just kept wondering to myself, 
Would Lomachenko watch this guy setting up his stance and getting ready to try to load up and just stand there and not move? Not force the guy to reset? Not have the guy walking into punches, not in the sixth round, but in the first round, the second round? Wouldn't Loma impose his pacing of the fight, his tempo, on Raleigh Romero? So Tank now is leaving, according to reports, who knows what the inside story is. I'm not a boxing insider. He's leaving Mayweather Promotions. He wants to promote himself. Tank, please pick up the phone and call Mikey Garcia. Right, there's certain fighters who have declared their independence for some time now. Pick up the phone and call Canelo. Right, those are the guys leading the charge who, you know, have the promoters working for them. They're not working for the promoters. But, folks, isn't the water deep at 135 pounds? Right? I'm, you know, Tank was having problems with Mario Barrios, I believe his name was. That's the fight where Floyd had to tell Tank, hey, player, step on the gas. You need to do something. Well, this fight came after that fight. Right? Tank still is a little bit tentative early in fights. Right? If it's not a shootout and a boxing match breaks out, Tank's tentative. Weren't some of you in that fourth round thinking to yourself, man, is, is Tank even winning this fight? Weren't you thinking, man, you know, everyone looks so tentative, everyone looks so strategic. Weren't a guy's just going to let their hands go? Right, you see Raleigh on his front foot. He's coming forward. He's taking his time. He's setting up his balance. And you thought to yourself, man, when is Tank going to dissuade this guy? Discourage this guy from being so full of himself? So the fight literally comes down to a mistake. Raleigh lands the right hand up top. Right? Should have just thrown the left hook for the hell of it. You hit the guy with a good shot, come back with the left hook. In the moment, I believe Raleigh forgot he's fighting a southpaw. So he bends down to throw the right hand. Now, if he's fighting a right-handed fighter, if that guy comes across with his left, okay, he's getting hit with his non-dominant hand. Right? He might be able to take that like... Davis took his right hand, which isn't his best punch. Instead, he's dealing with Gervonta Davis, who gets a free shot with a straight left, right? Free shot. This is even worse than the Marquez-Manny Pacquiao fight. Because in that fight, Marquez is kind of hiding his plans, here you knew just off the stance that Davis was loading up, getting ready to load up on a straight left. 
and Raleigh still went to his body with his right hand. Raleigh got hit, could not survive. So now we're getting the cover-up. First, the judges want you to believe that Raleigh wasn't winning the fight. Come on. What what part of this fight did you think Davis was in full control? Right, folks, Davis isn't even pumping a jab to have a lot of volume. Can we agree that Raleigh's the guy on his front foot moving Davis back? Well, the judges, of course, only one judge has Raleigh winning the fight. Okay, okay. Then, of course, we get comments from Davis where he says, hey, when you get knocked out like that, right, when you get knocked out like that, you don't deserve a rematch. Really, a one-punch knockout? I would argue that the kind of knockout where you look at a guy and you say, man, he doesn't deserve a rematch, is how Amir Khan got stopped by Kell Brook where the stoppage is just an exclamation point. Cal Brook comes out, is destroying Amir Khan from the early part of the fight. Looks physically stronger, is roughing up the guy. By the way, in that fight, on my scorecard, I did not have Amir Khan ahead at the time of the stoppage. Right, that fight, you look and you say, okay, well, Cal Brook, it's his night. He's dominating. One-punch knockouts are different, aren't they? One-punch knockout doesn't mean the guy was dominating before the knockout. I mentioned Deontay Wilder before, I'll mention him again. That Luis Ortiz rematch, I did not see the round that Deontay Wilder won. Now, don't get me wrong, he uh, won the fight, right? I guess he won the last round. (laughs) I'll give him the last round, right? Uh, I think it's a sixth round in which that fight ends. Okay, okay. I'll say Wilder got that round. Right, but up until that round, Wilder is losing round after round. One-punch KOs don't connote domination. We all understand that a knockout puncher only has to be right once. Tank was right once in this fight. Right, take it from a guy who had the under six and a half rounds. I'm looking at this fight, I'm sweating. Raleigh looks completely lucid. Doesn't look slowed at all before the last punch. So, Davis has things to work on. Right, let me say this. 135, folks, it's hellacious. Right, a guy like Ryan Garcia, who's a gifted puncher, both hands. A guy like Ryan Garcia had to see this fight and had to think to himself, man, Davis looked a little bit vulnerable early. Garcia might think, you know what? I could take the early rounds against him. Also, Davis is loading so much up on the left hand that a Garcia might think to himself, man, if I can just focus on his left, 
there isn't a lot else there. Right now, Davis does have a very good jab. Davis had his best flows a lot better than this. But you got the feeling that Davis was aware of Raleigh Romero's power. Folks, he would have to be aware of Ryan Garcia's power. Let me just say, too, and I recognize that Teofimo Lopez beat Vasily Lomachenko. I recognize that. But this version of Davis would lose badly to Lomachenko, right? Loma would have to get knocked out to lose to this version of Davis, right? Because Davis, to me, just wasn't winning the slow rounds. You can't have that dynamic establish itself in a Lomachenko fight because catching up with Loma is going to be difficult, right? Understand, guys have been lethargic against Loma, and you know what happens? It's happened a few times. The fighter has said, man, I can't handle this. I quit. I'm out of here. Right? Loma was Noma. Right? Guys had enough. Nicholas Walters, who beat Nonito Denier, who was unbeaten, quits during the Lomachenko fight. Right? So Tank is going to have to be carefully matched. Because the winner of Cambosis Haney is going to be undisputed. Right? Tank is going to have to find a way to position himself to fight against those guys. And when he does, given that Cambosis has ring coverage, Cambosis can hit you from far away. And given that Haney has some of the best legs in boxing, Tank is going to have to figure out a way to win the slow rounds. Understand, too, you had uh, Jamel Herring recently retire from the sport, and they asked him about his loss to Shakur Stevenson. And Herring, a Marine, he was a proud champion, called Stevenson something like a once-in-a-generation talent. And this is from an old vet, a guy who was the champion when he fought Stevenson. Now, I, I don't know how this version of Tank beats Stevenson. Understand, Stevenson's not going to forget that Tank is left-handed because Stevenson himself is left-handed. If a boxing match breaks out, Stevenson, who's highly technical, is going to win that boxing match. Tank needs to be two-handed against Stevenson, and I'm talking about a guy who's fighting at 130 pounds, right? Stevenson talked about unifying at 130, right? Uh, becoming undisputed. His promoter, Bob Arum, then said, hey, there are not enough money in th those fights. I'm guessing they want money fights. Tank is one of the biggest names financially at 135 pounds. So Tank, in my opinion, is going to have the same problem Canelo is having right now. Right? Canelo and Tank have a lot in common. They're box office golden boxing. 
right? The problem with Canelo is where do you go? You just fought Bevo at 175. Do you want to stick? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. Do you want to stick around 175 pounds and take on guys who are going to view you as a visitor to the division? Right? Paterbiev, Joe Smith, Anthony Yard. Hell, I think Canelo would have a problem against Lyndon Arthur. Right? Great jab. Arthur would keep him outside. If you go back to 168, how do you do so? Should he beat Golovkin? And that's a tough fight. I know Golovkin's diminished, but that's a tough fight. But if Canelo goes back to 168, how do you do so? And avoid David Benavides. How do you do so and avoid morale? Tank's in the same spot. Right? If he goes up to 140, are you certain that Tank could beat Teofimo Lopez? I'm not. You know, Josh Taylor is seeking redemption. He's tired of hearing about how he lost his last fight, except with the judges. Right? Josh Taylor is rough, folks. Undisputed at 140. He's rough. Do you stick around 135? This version of Tank, how does this version keep up with a Devin Haney? Right? If you're going to fight Ryan Garcia, now's the time to fight him before he gets a few fights under his belt. Right? You want to you want to fight a young lion when he's just back in the forest. The longer the guy is in the forest, the more dangerous he becomes. The more he learns the lay of the land. But against Orion Garcia, wow, are you sure you want to fight him? When you were this tentative in this match, right? Doesn't Garcia hit as hard as Raleigh Romero? And unlike Romero, isn't Garcia two-handed? I congratulate Tank. I congratulate gamblers. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, who? Thank goodness. Thank you, Tank, for closing out the fight. The problem is Romero was too awake and too alert at the end of it. Right? The work done up to that point didn't deplete him. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.